0: Hello there, I'm PF, this is my tape recorder, and once again, it's another installment of PF's third favorite band, Question Mark, our final series in the tournament, well, before the big finale, of course, which will come next week, but uh, we're going to hear our final band. We're going to hear them make their case in just a little bit churches from Scotland. And uh, I had some misgivings about this as I planned this because, well, I'll explain when we get to the churches. Uh, we're going to have an honorable mention from Johnny Clegg and Savuka. But first, we're going to talk about uh, the first, my first two favorite bands, the Beach Boys and Orchestra Maneuvers in the Dark. Now... Beach Boys, we left off, uh, it was 1986, they'd released Made in the USA, a greatest hits compilation with two songs added to it, uh, which were pretty good. Uh, clever, a very good cover of California Dreaming, which features uh, John Phillips, and then a uh, an original called Rock and Roll to the Rescue, which is released as a single. Brian is still in the band at this point, he's in the video for Rock and Roll to the Rescue, I just looked, and he, um, I believe he's in the video for California Dreaming. At some point he is going to leave the band as he is still under the uh, very... Uh, direct Care of Dr. Eugene Landy And again, watch that Love and Mercy biopic, kids I might watch it after this, as a matter of fact, it's so good I love it um, But yeah, he's, uh, and they will released a solo album in 1988 A very good solo album, which um, Turns out people don't like very much, which again Is weird, if we've learned anything from this whole exercise Is that I am the exact opposite Of the critics on the Beach Boys, even the people that like The Beach Boys, I am, and except that we agree On Pet Sounds, and from there That's it, <laughs> I'm the polar opposite On everything they do So anyway, uh, we get to 1988, 87, around there-ish, and the Beach Boys are still recording, but they're recording these one-off singles. They're winding up on uh, soundtracks, mostly, and uh, one of these songs becomes a massive, massive hit, Kokomo, of course, uh, which we're not going to play because you know it to death, and I I, I can't decide on speaking of the fandom and the critics. I mean, I guess people like Kokomo. I don't think s- people take it super seriously, but it's their first number one hit since Good Vibration. So they go 20 years between number one hits. I believe that is a record that they still held to this day. And I mean, people, people don't dislike it, but even the people that like it, are like, Oh, well, it's kind of cheesy. I think it's fine. I'm not a huge, huge fan of it, but I'm glad they got a number one hit out of it. I'm glad people got interested in them again. So from all that aspect, Uh, I do like Kokomo a lot. Uh, so, they decided to release an album called Still Cruisin' in 1988. This has been probably this is called the least essential Beach Boys album ever because it has. It's supposed to have songs that were uh, in movies of the time, including Kokomo, which is from Cocktail. There's a song from True Beverly Hills in there. Still Cruisin', I think, is in Lethal Weapon, one or two or one of those. And then they just bolt three songs onto the end of it. Wouldn't It Be Nice is one of them, and California Girls and one other one that weren't really in movie? I guess they were used in movies at some point. But um, then there's some politics involved. Somehow Al Jardine jams a song in here that isn't in a movie or nothing. And you think people don't like Kokomo, people hate this effing song except for me and my daughter, Liza, who love this song. We think this is one of the best Beach Boy songs ever. And again, Al Jardine gets robbed, just like he did with California Calling. So it's a great follow-up to Kokomo. I mean, I don't see how you can sit there and let Kokomo pass and be like, oh, yeah, Kokomo's fine, it's a bit cheesy, but it's okay, and then just totally dump on Island Girl. It's insane. So anyway, uh, Al Jardine writes Island Girl. He gets it jammed into uh, Still Cruisin', and uh, well, there you have it. We're going to give you a little blast of uh, Island Girl right here. By the Beach Boys, written by Al Jardine. Everybody performs on it. Well, save, of course, for Brian. Uh, I think uh, they have some guest musicians on here, too, but I can't remember who it is. But it's it's the entire band up to that point, the surviving members uh, with a lot of help, and minus Brian doing Island Girl. Should have been the follow-up to Kokomo. Was not crazy. Al Jardine got robbed. I'll say it forever. Uh, also, again, one of uh, Liza's favorite tunes. Uh, I think it's like her second or third favorite song of all time. So how about that? And not on Spotify. How about that? So uh, Island Girl from an album that everybody hates, a song that everybody hates, apparently. And and y'all are crazy. Yeah, the rest of the album ain't too hot. There's basically Kokomo in that. Oh, and there's another song on there called uh, Somewhere Near Japan. And... Somewhere Near Japan is a song written by John Phillips. Kokomo was originally written by John Phillips. And then uh, Mike Love and it, one of the guys he writes songs with sometimes, Terry Melcher, uh, added that uh, Ruba Jamaica hook to it and some other stuff to it and, you know, made it a kind of a different song. Uh, similarly, with Somewhere Near Japan, uh, the song is written about uh, one of John Phillips' daughters, I don't think it was Mackenzie, it was uh, his other daughter, called him on her honeymoon wanting drug money, and she asked, he, uh, he was going to send it to her, and he's like, where are you at? She said, somewhere near Japan. And so he wrote that song, and then the Beach Boys took it and uh, rewrote it a bit, and then well, there you have it. And people like that song just fine. Hate Island, girl. Love somewhere near Japan. Don't get it. Orchestra Maneuvers in the Dark. Uh, this is their most recent album. I was just watching an interview with Andy McCluskey the other day, and it was a, a fan Q&A, and a, a fan asked, you know, what are your, your favorite your favorite OMD albums? And Architect Melody obviously came up. Then he said, you know, the one I really like a lot, too, is Punishment of Luxury. because I think we did such a great job on that. We, you know, prove we still got it. And there's a lot of good stuff on here. The, the two singles are fantastic. Well, three. Uh, the title track, uh, a song called uh, What Have We Done, and Isotype. And then I think another song was going to be a single. I think they made a video for it they released it as a single because you can buy remixes of it it's uh, one more time is the name of the song it's that's fantastic so it's it's a pretty good album i agree sonically it's great and uh, well, i'm gonna give you a little blast of the title track here this is the punishment of luxury Punishment of luxury from Orchestra maneuvers in the dark sounds great live. Uh, do check them out when they're touring again. And uh, we will, of course, in the finale, we will um, we'll play the. the this we've. Uh, I guess I planned this properly. We'll play the uh, Beach Boys' most recent recording as a group, which was from 2012, and we'll play OMD's uh, most recent release. Uh, although we're promised a new album in 2022, perhaps called Bauhaus Staircase. Hmm. Anyway. So we're up to our uh, final contestant here, Churches. Like I said, I had some misgivings about this when I realized our honorable mention band had just as many albums, actually more if you can count the other bands he's been with, Johnny Clegg. Um, Churches only have three albums, but again, they're still a current band. They're still actively making music, although we haven't had anything since 2018. Uh, Brief rundown, they're a trio. They are from Scotland, and they consist of uh, Ian Cook, Martin Dougherty, and Lauren Mayberry. Uh, Cook is the oldest of the group. He's in his 40s. Uh, Martin Darty's in his late 30s. And Lauren Mayberry's in her early 30s. Uh, the, the the dudes, Ian and Martin, uh, were in various bands in Scotland. And they decided to get together because they were kind of dissatisfied with kind of being side men and not being able to contribute as much to the bands they were in as they would like to. So they said, well, let's get together and just kind of goof around with some, like, electronic-y type of stuff. And uh, kind of similar to the OMD thing. It's like they wanted to do the electronic things, but the people they were in bands with had no interest. So they did, but they didn't have a vocalist. Even though Martin uh, Dougherty sings a little bit, they wanted to get a proper vocalist, so they, uh, Happened upon Lauren Mayberry, who was a journalist for the BBC at the time, and uh, she was also interested in music, so they recruited her to make just to make the demos, and they, they all got along great. So they said, Well, let's just do this full time. And so they formed churches, they've released three albums. Uh, their first song is still their best song, and uh, it is a track called The Mother We Share, and it came out in 2012. I was totally blown away. It's still one of my favorite songs of the millennium, of the 2000s, as it were. And uh, well, without further ado, here's churches, The Mother We Share. You we share churches comes out on an album called the bones of what you believe they released a couple of uh singles from this album uh i was having a hard time picking some of the other tracks to to uh to listen to from it um i decided to go with the other single lies even a lot of songs called lies by electronic groups uh, thompson twins have one alphaville has one and i hear well here's churches with their song lies <laughs> by churches not to be begin with thompson twins or with alphaville but uh all these great lie oh and uh, metric oh no metric is lie 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 never mind <laughs> so um next album out from uh churches is the is empty threat and empty threat comes out let me hold on let me check here where's my discography excuse my clicking uh empty threat comes out in 2015 so they take uh which I believe comes out in 2013 the whole album and then uh, we get 2015, and we get uh, every eye open which has uh, a couple of really good tunes on it all I'm gonna play them I could leave a trace was the first single but I'm gonna play empty threat first because that's the first song I knew as a single off of this album so and, and this is another great tune so uh, not a not a one album wonder our church is. here's empty threat from every eye open threat from churches okay the other one of the other singles from this is a uh, song called leave a trace and what other singles do we get from this oh clear is blue it's a good tune uh warning call is good and uh Bury it features Haley williams uh off of um uh, what's the, the uh, um that's i uh, missed uh, uh paramore i could not think of that my nephew huge paramore fan Anyway, so, uh, yeah, but this is another really good tune. This is Leave a Trace, which was actually the first single from the album, but I reversed them for you, because I could have sworn Empty Threat came out first, but it did not. So anyway, here's Leave a Trace from Churches.
1: I up on time, just like you said you were.
0: Trace from churches, and then uh, let me see. We have another album. They they take their time recording albums, man. It's like a Tears for Fears, a uh, Human League situation here. They wait three years to release uh, Love Is Dead, and uh, that produces this great single. I think it's probably their their second favorite tune, or their second best tune. Uh, gets to eighty-two on the British chart, gets to seventeen on the U.S. Rock chart. Uh, it is a bit more U.S. friendly. You'll hear why in a minute. Here's Get Out from churches.
1: Talk Never saying what I wanted Saying what I needed I pushed you to the edge Never knowing what I wanted
0: So Get Out From Churches from Love Is Death. We doubled up on a couple of these because they only have the three albums. Um, My Enemy is another good tune from this from this album. Miracle is pretty good. But I'm going to go for our sixth track, go with what their very last single is. It's a song called Death Standing, and it's, it's a, from a soundtrack to a video game. Uh, I almost played the cover of Bella Lugosi's "Dead" from the Vampire Academy motion picture soundtrack. Very fine cover of a song that I kind of like. Uh, but "Death Standing" uh, or "Death Stranding," I'm sorry, is the name of this track. It is from the "Death Stranding" Timefall video game, and this is a good tune, man. Uh, hopefully, we'll have some new churches in 2021 or 2022. I don't know what the status. I should probably look and see if there's anything about them. I have not seen anything about them. Uh, releasing any new music uh, imminently, but, oh wait, I, maybe I did. I think on Wikipedia, at least a single is coming out in 2021 with a question mark or something. Nope, it doesn't. <laughs> anyway, so anyway, here's Death Stranding from Churches.
1: Let's make a toast to the time, waiting for tomorrow when we're played out by the band. Drowning out of sorrows What will become of us now At the end of time We'll be fine, you and I
0: Death Stranding from Churches, and, uh, well, there you go. There's their case. I mean, like I said, they're still an active band, so that kind of gave them a little bump over some of the other bands that have as many albums but aren't doing uh, albums anymore. And uh, the other thing, funny thing about Churches I'll mention real quick is that uh, uh, Lauren Mayberry is just lovely. And that's a terrible thing to say. I know we shouldn't be focused on things like that in 2021. And it's kind of funny, too, because uh, she's very, very much a feminist. And uh, and when you go see them in concert, of course, the dudes are all like, oh, Lauren, marry me, you know, and they're just having a laugh. But, uh, but she's really pretty, and she's got that lovely accent, and for me, add to that the fact that she, you know, is into electronic music and worked for the BBC, holy cow! Now she's in her 30s, so, I mean, and for, I don't have one of those dumb lists anyway, so it's irrelevant. You, uh, how dumb. But anyway, uh, but she's she's very lovely, and it's, it's just funny when dudes yell out to her, and she gets very mad about it, because, you know, she didn't want any of that nonsense. Now, I'm sure, if Ian, if chicks yelled out to Ian and Martin, Martin, Ian, Mary, they'd be like, alright, yeah! <laughs> but she does not stand for that Kind of nonsense, folks. So anyway, um, and she would be mortified to know that I described her as lovely, probably. So anyway, that's churches. We're going to do our uh, honorable mention band of the week. Uh, it's Johnny Clegg and Sabuka. Johnny Clegg actually had a musical career stretching back into the '70s, and he had a band called Jaluka. The guy he was partners uh, within that, uh, Johnny Clegg is a uh, he's English, but he was raised in South Africa. I think is one of his parents is South African, one is uh, English. Uh, white South African. But he, even though he was white South African, he would go down the street and hang out with all the uh, African musicians and kids. And he really got into African music. And uh, he, of course, decided to try to find a way to fuse Western music with South African music a little before Paul Simon did it. In fact, he suggested it to Paul Simon. And Paul Simon said, yeah, that's a good idea. Maybe I'll do that sometime. Oh, and look, he did. So Anyway, uh, ironically, it was, I guess, the the fact that Paul Simon was able to pull it off successfully in, in the West, you know, in England and the United States and everything, that people kind of gave Johnny Clegg a second shake. Uh, he Juluca broke up because the guy he was in the band with, a black South African fella, he left. And then so he didn't want to keep the band going under that name because he felt, you know, fidelity to his old friend, so he uh, formed a new band called Sabuka. And they released uh, four albums from 1987 to 1994. They're all really good. and uh, But this is probably my favorite Johnny Clegg song. It's from his second album called Shadow Man. And it's called Take My Heart Away. Take my heart away. Take my heart away.
1: Take my heart away. Take my heart, away, take my heart away. Heartbreak, lose the way
0: So if you're not familiar and you do and you like, um, you know, Paul Simon's Graceland and what's the other one that he, he did after that, but with, with the mixed day, do check out the Johnny Clegg catalog. I think you'll really, really enjoy it. And then uh, finally, we're up to our song of the week. Our song of the week is from a band called Fickle Friends who are from Brighton, I believe. And I found them by accident. I just kind of poking around Freegal. And I think I'd heard of these guys before. And then I don't know why I lost track of them, but uh, they had some new music out uh, last year, and I was looking through the goal list of uh, trending songs, and this came up, What a Time. And I'm I'm like, oh, this is really cool. I don't know how I missed this before. And I look them up. Yeah, they're from Brighton, indie rock band, uh, you know, just your garden variety indie rock. But they got a lot of great tunes, and uh, so I'm going to be following up with these cats. uh, This tune is called What a Time. It is our Song of the Week on PF Tape Recorder. So long, and thanks for listening.